0: On a recent Tuesday afternoon at Raven Hub Learning Space, a group of students gathered to discuss their lofty mission of bringing a radio station back to the university after a multi-year hiatus. With second-year students Corinne Mabry and Sophia Corcoran at the helm, they discussed upcoming fundraising and awareness-boosting events, including a raffle, karaoke open mic night, and most importantly, a September 24th Battle of the Bands event which will bring good aural vibes back to the East Falls campus. There, the duo urged aspiring DJs to fill out a spreadsheet naming and detailing their proposed show in advance of the October 3rd launch party for the freshly dubbed WPHU Radio. The recording studio is located on the ground floor beneath Ravenhill Dining Hall. When she was talking about it the other day, Corcoran said, we want it to be a cute little place to hang out. It was anything but a cute little place to hang out a little while ago, though, when they spent a lot of time cleaning up as if it were a time capsule left in exactly the same condition it had been left years ago. In this episode of the Nexus podcast, we speak with Mabry and Corcoran about how and why they launched this effort and the advisor for the nascent WPHU student club. Before we get into those details, let's hand the mic to someone well-versed in the history of Jefferson's campus radio stations, dating back to when the call letters were W-T-E-X for textile, and then W-P-U-R for Philadelphia University.
1: Hello, my name is Tim Butler. I am the Associate Dean of Students here at Jefferson East Falls, and I'll also be one of the judges for the Battle of the Bands.
0: Butler came to the university in a student activities role in 1995, at a time when the radio station was fully functional, albeit in a building which no longer exists. He moved into his new role in an era which saw textile become Philly U, which then became Thomas Jefferson University. Along the way, he advised students involved with the station. Yearbooks date its roots back to the 1980s, but by Butler's estimation, The equipment in the studio spoke to roots in the 1970s. Since he was a DJ during his days as a Temple student, he brings a unique perspective to this effort.
1: When I arrived, it was actually a very traditional radio station, a college radio station. It was housed in the top floor of our student center at the time. That sits now where the deck building sits in East Falls. Right next to Archer uh, was an old mansion, the third floor, housed our newspaper at the time. It housed the radio station. It had tons of shelves of vinyl lined up. It had rug on the walls, carpet on the walls, and their on-air equipment, a desk, a little office space. It was very much a college radio station, student DJs.
0: While it may have looked like a traditional campus radio station, it had clear limitations. Despite having several transmitters stationed around campus, it had a very limited broadcast radius.
1: It was only an on-campus signal, so you really could only pick it up on AM, and it was picked up on campus before the radio station went belly up at that time. Sometimes you could only get the signal if you were pointing a certain direction, so it wasn't necessarily very reliable.
0: To hear Butler tell it, the station attracted students who just loved music at a time when the university didn't offer a communications program, which at other schools served as feeder programs for on-air talent looking to turn that experience into lifelong broadcasting careers.
1: You just have students who love music, and a lot of students who love college radio and love music wanna share that with people. They set up their broadcasting schedules. One of the things that we worked on for many years, we were trying to have it function a lot like a normal radio station of that time, but also meet the needs of the students. How do you get music? How do you partner with different licensing? How do you partner with promotional places to get new music? The business side of the radio station, doing PSA announcements and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's where kind of the struggle with the early radio station was. A lot of the students didn't necessarily want to function like a real radio station. They just wanted to play songs. But it was very much just a student organization. It registered itself like any other club organization. One of the main struggles was That signal became a problem. And the reliability of that, a lot of the transmitters were getting old. And then it was that whole double-edged sword. Students didn't necessarily want to get involved in the radio station because the signal was weak, but the university didn't want to invest the money because the radio station wasn't serious enough. The popularity of the radio station at that time started to waver, and then they didn't necessarily have a consistent broadcasting schedule. So for students, if you tune it in during the day and there's nothing, then you might not come back. The radio station did go belly up. Leadership just faded out, and then it just didn't register, and then it wasn't around for a while.
0: Do you remember roughly when that would have been? I'm
1: going to say that by the early 90s, probably by that time it dried up. And then eventually, that student center was torn down. So that broadcast studio didn't exist anymore. We had to clean out that office. I remember we had to donate a ton of vinyl. Now, in retrospect, I'm like, wow, it was just, it was a substantial amount of vinyl. But the building was taken down. Obviously, deck is now up in its place. One of the late uh, evolutions of the studio, it may have actually gone into the mid-90s.
0: At that time, the radio station was involved in hosting concerts on campus, and they had aspirations of having major shows at the Gallagher Center, but the funding wasn't available to match those dreams.
1: I do remember the one year we did do a concert that was sponsored by them. The old gym, the Gallagher Center, used to have a big stage on. So we had done other concerts. The university had done concerts there with some major artists at the time, like Matthew Sweet and stuff like that. Big fan of Matthew Sweet. But I want to say the concert that they did was a band, I think they were called Three Skinny Jays.
0: It was actually called Two Skinny Jays, but we'll let that slide.
1: It was an early version of like a hip-hop, rock band, and they were pretty cool. That was one show that they were able to pull off. The final evolution of the original radio station, we had tried to evolve them into a DJ club, where we figured, could we harness the love of music we actually bought them a DJ system. We were hoping to involve them into a group that possibly could sponsor dance parties and stuff like that. That was the thing for a little bit, but then that didn't work out. The radio station went belly up, as did our newspaper. So then, really, the radio station did not really exist. We occasionally would have new students that would come into campus; they'd take an interest. We would have conversations. So then it evolved into what we currently know it as, over in the Raven Hub in the Raven Hill Dining Center.
0: In that regard, past most certainly serves as prologue. Next up on the mic are Corinne Mabry and Sophia Corcoran from Phoenixville and Westchester, respectively. Corinne and Sophia explain that the idea of rejuvenating a campus radio station came from one night when they were randomly recording their repartee on a Mac in her dorm room.
2: We were in my freshman dorm in Mott Hall, just bantering, talking back and forth. We thought it was funny and we were like, we want to have a podcast. It was funny, and we decided to reach out to the head of student activities. We asked Heather Weaver, okay, who runs the radio station? She essentially said that we had a radio station before, but it just wasn't ever picked back up.
0: Weaver is the director of student engagement. She let the students know that there were recording studios both in Hayward Hall, thanks to the communications program, and at Ravenhub. So they went and checked out Ravenhub last March. The way Corinne describes what they saw calls to mind a need for a deep, deep cleaning. Can you describe what the studio looked like when you first walked into it?
2: There was still trash in there from whenever yeah. people were in there. We found shoes. Yeah, and like crates, like Wawa crates and stuff. But it, it seems that there was like a group before us, which I think is really cool. It was trash. gross. I guess they used it as storage there's like napkins a bunch of old chairs nobody wanted and...
0: and the memes on the walls oh the memes on the walls neither was having anything to do with those
2: there had memes on the wall from like 2015 that were so outdated and not funny anymore yeah. spongebob like bird memes no longer funny anymore but it was <laughs> five years ago yeah so sneakers there was like bands that had been like decorated yeah so it was like cool so we reached out to heather Checked out the studio, and then like suddenly we had the club, and we had the interest table, and we had people signing up, and we had a group be made, and it all started happening like super, super quickly.
0: How did you get word out?
2: Yeah, we started an Instagram account for it. Yeah. That started getting followers, and then once we had our interest table at um, the top of the stairs in Canbar, we had about, what, like 30 sign-ups? 30 people had signed up at the Yeah.
0: As with the past, interest has ebbed and flowed since last year. Still, the pair recognizes how lucky they are to have been able to start this club. That fact becomes starkly evident at meetings with leadership from other student clubs who've toiled to get to start theirs. It's
2: just, it's so funny because we went to one of the the meetings. It was so great, it was so fun. But like when you're at an event like this, we just fell into these positions. And it's like crazy because all these other people have been working like so hard, like making their way to the top, building up their resumes and stuff. Like, we just got this club. Yeah, because yeah. like we wanted spelled, a podcast. Wanted to podcast. <laughs> it's crazy that we started this club yeah, as freshmen because the more I think about it, if, if we had just been members in the club, like, we had, would have not shown up.
0: With plans to have the station up and running in an online-only presentation, think playlists on Spotify and the like. Their attention at the recent Ravenhub meeting went toward fundraising. They've asked family members and friends to donate items which could be raffled off so they could afford to have refreshments at the upcoming Battle of the Bands event. They've seen quite a bit of interest from students who want to be a part of it, and they have logistical support by way of new computers, furniture, and other amenities for their tiny studio at Ravenhill. That's not to say there hasn't been a learning curve, and Corinne talks about that.
2: The first poster we ever made was for the interest table we were having, and we hung them everywhere. We probably had a hundred copies, and every door we saw, we would just slap it on.
0: That awareness mission led to a long email explaining where posters can and cannot be hung on campus, though.
2: So we started off as the people who didn't know where to put the posters because yeah. they were literally all over the place. Yeah. But they we had stripped like the paint on the wall. Like we and that See, was our first interaction. Yeah. Four people in Cambar.
0: Sophia uses that as a perfect vignette summarizing the lessons learned by an upstart club, which is being advised by an alum, Sean McGuire, who works in student affairs. They've grown from a first meeting, which attracted about a dozen interested students. And now as they're preparing for the launch, the club is 65 members strong, according to Sophia.
2: We have a open mic night coming up with uh, student engagement and we're hoping that more people get involved. Being involved in a radio station, I think is so important because when we're at the school, it's really hard to feel like you belong to something, especially when you know a freshman and it's like, what do I want to do? I'm 18 years old, I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. get to reinvent yourself. And you get to just do what you want, you know, because most of the people here are medical or design and stuff like that. So it's nice. I wanted to do, like, media and communications and stuff. I'm a health science major. This radio station gives me a little peace of mind. I can still do this. If I don't like health science, I could expand back into radio. So I think a lot of people need that. Yeah, and communication is a skill that everyone has to use regardless of your major or your future. I think people need to find little pockets in their day to just relax and just listen to music and do what they want and I think if you have a show like that 30 minute pocket of your day can be where you don't think about biology or the chemistry test you have next week. All you think about is music and it's like okay at least next week I have this too because like my first semester of my freshman year, I think if I had the radio station, I wouldn't have been crying over my chemistry test.
0: When you say you're not on air, how will this manifest itself?
2: So we're using mostly streaming services. We have a SoundCloud, a Spotify, a YouTube and a Twitch. YouTube and a Twitch. We can do both video and audio, which I think is cool. One Mac setup, viewing people.
0: What do you hope comes of this?
2: We want to bring a solid 24-hour broadcast to campus that people can listen to, check in for news. We're hoping to do, like, by the end of this month, a 12-hour cycle. So it would be, like, 30-minute increments and stuff like that. So the way it would be organized is be on like Spotify and SoundCloud and YouTube, like a playlist ideal. So it's just like, every 30 minutes, it would just be, like, it'll switch to the next segment, it'll switch to the next thing. It also gives people the opportunity pick-and-choose, I guess, that's, important. oh, I don't want to sit in listen to all these show really to and my friends and stuff like that. So I think that get the flame way more anyway than just having a regular millennial radio station where you have to
0: tune in. Helping them along their way is their club advisor, who worked on a previous iteration of the campus radio station that went away, and is a member of Philly U's Class of 2015.
3: Hello, uh, my name is Sean McGuire. I work in student engagement. I am the campus reservationist and office coordinator over here in Cambard. I started here in November of 2021, but more importantly, I was a student here at Philadelphia University.
0: What do you remember of the radio station on campus during your time here?
3: We called it the development team. So it was me and a bunch of other students. They were very great. One in particular named to mention is Stephanie Glancy. She was class of 2014, I believe. We all got together with our advisor, David Rogers. Great guy, I miss him a lot. We wanted to have a radio, we wanted to be Want gonna do cool stuff and have cool shows and play cool music and talk to our friends and kind of get on the air.
0: How did the radio station look at that point? Was it on the radio? Could you listen to it in your car or was it all online? When we
3: started, there was none. I remember as a high schooler, they mentioned it like briefly in a tour. So I think that would have been like mid-2000s, so if I had to guess, 2009, there was an actual radio station. I don't know much about it other than it was here and now it was not when I started. When we got here, we were planning to be all online. I think we set it on SoundCloud and some other thing that didn't really work out. We were mostly on SoundCloud with our podcasts.
0: You are now an advisor to a group of students who are trying to reinvigorate the radio station. Tell me a bit about what's going on and how that came to be.
3: Piecing together between 2015 and 2021, I don't know a whole lot of it but I do know at some point over COVID, the station stopped, it didn't exist, didn't have any shows. They had a studio. It was just kind of sitting there collecting dust. Sophia and Corinne, they're great, a, a long road to go, but I think they're gonna get there. They're excited. They got lots of ideas. Uh, it's still gonna be on the internet, SoundCloud, YouTube, et cetera. My role as advisor is kind of uh, let them lead and let them prosper. I already did all the road bumps. I already did this as a student. I failed once, but I think we're gonna be successful this time. That's what I'm here for.
0: I had just gotten back from a meeting of the club where they were talking about upcoming events. Tell me where things stand and what the importance is of this upcoming event.
3: So their first big event is the Battle of the Vans. It's coming up to Saturday, September 24th. So it's kind of their, their big thing. Like, they exist as a club, but they can't hear them. The Battle of the Bands is the important kind of the, we're here, we're now, here's how to find us, putting their stamp on the campus programming map.
0: Why is it important to reestablish the radio station?
3: For me personally, this is a, a pet project. It's something I started and it felt incomplete when I left and then later graduated. For the students here now, it's a way to get their voices out. You know, Especially with COVID, this year's freshman class, first year class, they've been under COVID for three years. That's almost their entire high school career. So they A, don't have a voice, or B, are trying to find that voice. And so to me, it's important to give them another outlet to express that.
0: What do you hope comes of it?
3: Very much pie in the sky, but I want to see it be... One of the big guys, ideally, you know, like XPN has a station from Penn, or Drexel has a station, or Temple has a great station. A little bit more conservatively, I want it to be something popular, something students listen to. I want to hear it in Canbar when you're walking around eating Chicken Finger Thursday. I we'll want people to hear it and know it.
0: Tim Butler notes that merging this upstart radio station with the communications department is an important step to take. In addition to having an alum serve as advisor, he says the process has led to this moment in time for WPHU and he's excited about where it's gonna go from here.
1: It really evolved into what they're doing in Ravenhill now, being supported out of the communications program. Sean is probably the first student life advisor in quite some time. It's really no different than what it was back in my day, but it's students who are passionate about music. And a lot of times it's students that are passionate about local music or original music. When I was a DJ at Temple, that was really during the 80s era of them, and college radio was huge, and college radio launched a lot of bands. In my mind, it's really important to have anything that students are really into. I want to provide the opportunity for uh, students to be able to do the things they want to do and the things that they're passionate about. We want to try to make those things work. As a former radio station dude myself, uh, I think it's totally cool. As a musician myself and uh, a former performing musicians in the Philadelphia scene for many years, I've been really impressed with the new leadership. They come in and talk to me. They asked me to be a judge at their Battle of the Bands, which I'm really happy to do. I'm excited about that. They came in and asked some advice about the event. I think they're really passionate and they're very serious about trying to do something with this. And also they're very visible. They're trying to co-sponsor stuff. They're trying to be visible at events and they need to function as a club. So that's all been good.
0: you know. But- Butler thinks the challenge will be establishing something with staying power.
1: If I'm to put my engagement hat on, my student engagement hat, I think the long-term success is really going to be around making sure that we continue to hone in on the professional aspects of running a radio station and making sure that we have a good balance so that it serves the campus community. Um, I think sometimes even as students, or when I was a student, sometimes we can go tunnel vision and it's just, I I just want to go in and just play all my songs. And I just want to expose people to music that I love, which is awesome. And they'll have the freedom to do that. But we just want to make sure that we partner with the institution. We partner with Jefferson. We can it become a great resource for the institution as well to get word out about stuff and support the campus and the community. It has a lot of potential. It seems like it's back in a more serious way than it's been in many years. For several years, it technically existed, but it really was invisible. I'm glad to see it back. As things evolve, sometimes they come back, and it appears that maybe that's happened.
0: So there you have it. WPHU is back. As for what's coming up in the immediate future on the Saturday after this podcast is posted, WPHU will host a Battle of the Bands that's September 24th. They're gonna start setting up outside at 11 a.m. And the event is scheduled to run from about four to 7 p.m. on the Gutman Quad. About a week before the event, there had been five bands committed to competing. They were Bristol Tooth, the band Valandina, Fast Fashion, Care Package, and Win by Two. From there, the club is hosting a karaoke open mic night at Raven Hill at 7 p.m. Wednesday, September 28th. Then they're going to have their launch party on October 30th. For all station-related updates, check out WPHU underscore radio on Insta. To learn more about this and other Jefferson stories, please visit jefferson.edu backslash the nexus. Today's interviews were conducted by Brian Hickey, with production support from Dan Bernstein. Thank you for listening. And the event is scheduled to start at 4 o'clock, running through 7 p.m. on the Gutman Quad.